My name is Jeremy Devins, and this is the Yoga Teacher Training Podcast, Episode 78, Vedic Astrology 101, the sister science of yoga, why you should care about it, and how it can greatly contribute to your teaching and your own practice and understanding of yourself and others. So in this episode, I'm not going to go into all the details and understanding the planets, the signs, the nakshatras, the houses. That is actually what I'm going to do on an upcoming course, which you can sign up on the waitlist right now at quietmindastrology.com. It's called Vedic Astrology 101, and that's where I'll go into understanding all that, how to go from understanding your Western astrology to this different system and why we use this different system. Today, I'm going to talk about a bit about that system, this approach, how it relates to teaching yoga, why it's called the sister science of yoga, and where it fits into your own studies, practices, and teaching. And I was very fortunate to have a teacher early on who taught close to the source text of yoga. And he was both a yoga teacher and a Vedic astrology practitioner and would give readings and worked equally in both fields, which is something that I really wanted to do. Of course, I was very into astrology long before I even got into yoga, and I didn't think they would intersect so much. And I, yes, I knew my Western sun sign. I knew my, then I got a little deeper. I knew my moon sign, my rising sign. And I wanted to know all my friends' charts and understand how we all compared to each other and our compatibilities and what we could learn from each other. And of course, went super far down that rabbit hole. And you may have done that as well. And you might know yourself as a Aries or a Gemini, or I would never date a Scorpio, or oh my gosh, Pisces people, don't get me started. All right, there's all these sort of stereotypes that are not helpful, not constructive. Because if you actually looked at your own birth chart, you probably got a lot of those energies too. In fact, we've all got all of that stuff influencing us from birth and all of the time. And it actually is quite harmful to push people down into these 12 boxes and say, there's only 12 types of people in the world and you're this way and I'm that way and oh my gosh, and you read your horoscope and you resonate with it, then you read another one and you know, maybe it doesn't, but then the next one resonates. So you start to build this identity around a sun sign and pretty much everything distills down to that. And if you go deeper, yeah, you might know your moon and your rising sign and you start to understand there's a little more complexity to this. We're not just 12 types of people. But this whole system of Western astrology is essentially based on something that is not actually happening. And this was a very difficult thing for me to wrap my head around because when I started to get really into astrology, I wanted to follow what was happening in the stars in the sky. I would hear people say, oh my gosh, it's Mercury retrograde. And this was way back before even that was so popular and people even knew what that was. But I was curious, like, how do I know? Where, who, do, who told you it was Mercury retrograde? How do you know this stuff? So I would try to look with a telescope or look through a website or look at NASA. What do they say? What's going on with the stars? And of course, they're not really focusing on the astrology from the astronomy websites. And then I would look at the astronomy sites and I'd look at the astrology sites and they'd say different things. Well, what's happening here? Well, one of these is probably uh, a mistake. One of these is probably not accurate. So I would get further into it and eventually, it took me a long time to find this out, too long, I think, to realize uh, there was this other system called Vedic astrology and they used a different way of calculating things. 
And I would kind of hear about it off and on. And it's like, oh, they use a different system. It's too complicated. I don't know. How, where do I even learn that? Any of the resources I could find seemed esoteric and archaic and too difficult to understand. So I just kept sticking with the Western astrology because that was every time you looked it up online or anywhere you looked for books, that's what you could find. And that's what I was able to find growing up in Minnesota. Uh, so that's what I would stick with. And then eventually when I started my first yoga teacher training, it turned out my teacher was an astrologer and had amazing success stories. People all around me were like, oh my God, I got a reading with him. It was so mind blowing. And yeah, it's a different system, but it's so resonant and he could predict such amazing things and tell me all these things about myself. So of course I was very interested. And finally I found somebody who could teach me this thing that seemed so different. And I started to work with him, got a reading, started studying with him, did an, a sort of apprenticeship with him and different trainings and stuff. And I learned through the course of that, that there is a different zodiac system based on different calculations used in Vedic astrology that is actually very close to astronomy. So when astronomy says Mercury is retrograde, then that is actually what Vedic astrology says too. And Western astrology says it's retrograde as well, but the actual placement that it's happening is different. Because Western astrology is essentially using calculations from 2,000 years ago that did not factor in the wobble of the Earth, which takes about 72 years to shift the signs one degree. So you would need people continuously measuring and calculating things over a long period of time, many decades, to start to see, oh my gosh, it should be here, but it's actually there. What's happening? And Vedic astrology was passed down through a long lineage through families, through astrologers, teacher to student for countless generations. And there is a belief, There's, I, I don't have actual proof of it, but people say that there's an unbroken lineage going back over 2,000 years to modern day astrologers today, Vedic astrologers. And that is part of why they can see these patterns so well and understand these cycles of time and, and this procession of the equinoxes where every 72 years, the zodiac shifts one degree. So when we say the sun is in Aries, it's actually there. But when Western astrology says sun is in Aries, it's using a system of calculations over 2000 years ago. So that's the biggest difference between the two systems. It really changes everything. And then it changes the understanding of those energies as well. So sun means something a little different and the, and the sign of Aries means something a little different and so on. Not entirely, there's, there's quite a lot of overlap and even the words Aries, Taurus, Gemini, these are ancient Greek words. So we are using similar language and there's some overlap. And of course we use the, the common words of the sun, moon, Mars, Venus, and all that. But there are Sanskrit words for all of those things. They're just less commonly used. I don't really use them as an astrologer myself, uh, but I do find it helpful at times when you are talking to people who are aware of those things to talk about them or talking to people who are very much attached to the Western astrology to not focus so much on, well, you're a different sun sign now, and let me try to convince you, because we build identities around this stuff. And that is a, a total, I think, misuse of what this powerful technology can give us, of the self-awareness, of understanding patterns, of understanding each other and ourselves. And as yoga teachers, understanding the energies going on around us in long stretches of time, so like generational energies, and then monthly energies, yearly energies, weekly, daily energies to down to the exact hour that you're teaching a class that is, have a different energetic effect to teach a certain way based on the nakshatra of that day, that's the moon placement, or the hora, the actual 
hour of the planetary energy of that hour. And if you're teaching a weekly class at the same time, there is a planetary energy every week that's consistent. Uh, it changes a bit throughout the year because of the sunrise time, but it's generally consistent. So there is an energetic sort of signature to the time that you're teaching. And if you're teaching things that are evergreen, like a class that's going to go on YouTube forever, uh, indefinitely, then there is an energy of the season, of the month, of the year, of the decade that you're teaching that in that is significant. Because there are a lot of very slow-moving transits like Pluto, Uranus, and Neptune. So when we understand these energies, we understand how to best work with them. And that's the real thing that we're doing as yoga teachers is working with energy. We're reading energy in students. We're reading the energy of the day. We're not just going to, and this is my approach. So I don't just say I'm going to teach this series of poses A through Z and that's it. And that's just all the yoga you ever need. Just do that A to Z and you're done. And that works to some degree. But if you do that, you're going to create imbalances. It's just the nature of the body that if we just do the same thing over and over again without anything else, we're going to create imbalances, weaknesses. The body needs new stressors, variety, change, adaptations. So our body can adapt pretty quickly and it becomes very easy to do a certain pose. And if you just keep doing that same pose, now you're creating imbalances. So we want to continually change our experience in some way, maybe it's different lengths of time in a pose and all these other things but knowing the astrology the energy of the planets in that day and that time that month you're seeing the shifts of energy that are always happening and we're going through different phases and you know what it feels like you go through a phase of life it's like that chapter is done and it's like this new chapter has started and it might even be you're teaching the same class every week sunday at noon for five six seven eight ten years and it's the same class, same time, same hora, same planetary energy, but there are shifts happening on a macrocosmic level. Saturn's in a different place. Pluto's in a different place. The sun, Jupiter, all these other planets are moving and shifting the energy. So maybe you used to teach a certain way and you got really into this new aspect of teaching and that comes out and you learn about your own astrology and your own chart and the certain energies and strengths and weaknesses that you have that you can bring to your teaching. So it goes massively, massively deep. And traditionally, you would learn yoga, Ayurveda, and Jyotish all together. So all the sister sciences of yoga, because they complement each other so well, and they come from the same source text of the Vedas, written over 3,000 years ago, there's a lot of overlap. So you understand your dispositions, you understand your tendencies, your patterns, the energies you have to work with. And every planetary placement can be expressing as positively or negatively or neutral. So we always have a choice. And there's a lot of stuff in modern day social media and all that where it's just like, oh, I'm, I'm such a, a Scorpio. I'm so, I'm so intense and brooding and like the, the sort of fixate on the negative. And if you can have playfulness with it, that's great. And that's, that's fun. But if it becomes this sort of fixed identity of like, but no, I'm just this way. I'm the Virgo. I'm just very detailed and organized and I'm a perfectionist. And that's just the way I am. So I can't get anything done because I'm a perfectionist and I'm always procrastinating. And it becomes this sort of albatross, this, this weight that you're carrying around, this heavy backpack. It's like, I can't, can't climb that hill because I got this heavy backpack on. It's just the way it is. You know, I can't put that down. And the, understanding our astrology from this perspective, it's like things are always changing and always moving. And we always have a choice of how to work with them. And our students are always changing and always evolving. Even if you have the same student there every week for months and years, they are evolving. And they want 
variety and new experiences. And as you learn your students better, you can start to maybe learn about them. And if you get really into astrology, you might want to look up their charts and understand their strengths. And you might see some patterns among the students who gravitate towards you. Uh, that's a pretty funny thing that you, can, you might notice. There's a certain energy that you hold that you transmit that people end up coming back with and reflecting. And of course, you can be aware of that without astrology. But again, it gives you this understanding, like this map of what's happening internally and how the external influences that. And there's this whole relationship as above, so below, and as below, so above, where we understand what's happening in the big patterns of the universe and nations and governments and policies and politics and economies and everything else. And we see how those patterns play out on a smaller level in your own finances and your own life choices and beliefs and spirituality and social circles and career and so on. And then we see that all the way down to the actual asana you choose to embody and the poses you teach and practice, the asana, the pranayama, the meditation. And of course, Ayurveda is its whole other topic from another time, uh, but is the sister science. And you learn all these things together. So you're handling your physical body and connection to source with yoga, understanding what that source is and how the universe works and energy moves with Vedic astrology. And then understanding your unique type in dosha, Ayurveda, the energetic signature of your own experience that is also evolving in ways with their prakriti, your true nature from birth, and your vikriti, your current state. So there's a whole wealth of depth you can go with all this stuff. But the main thing I want you to take away from this episode is understanding that the big difference between Western and Vedic astrology is the zodiac and the method of calculation. So the Vedic astrology uses the sidereal zodiac, which is very close to modern astronomy. And Western astrology uses the tropical zodiac, which is basically based on the seasons. So when they say the sun is in Aries, it's really about the seasons. And that actually holds up. And if they shifted that whole model of calling it a seasonal uh, self-awareness tool <laughs> and say uh, you're in the spring season, you were born in the spring season, you're a spring person or you're a winter person, it really holds up. It works and it's, it's valid as its own system. But to use the constellations, which are actually not there, it's like you're saying the sun is in Aries, you can look up with your own eyes, it's not there. Uh, it's, it's an interesting, weird thing to follow a system that's essentially not true and then try to base reality around that and distill it down to just one sign even. That's just incredible. There's actually millions of factors in your birth chart. In, in Western astrology, there are many, many factors involved, but in Vedic astrology, there are insane amounts of information and data and uh, layers to the astrology that is just unlike anything else. So you have your birth chart, then there's divisional charts, which are whole other charts based on certain areas of your life, which have their own massive layers of potentialities and possible placements. Uh, so there's really trillions of possible types of people in the world. There's not just 12 types of people. And then there's your dashas, right? This is a big difference in Vedic astrology as well as your dashas. And oftentimes Western astrologers who just will not get on board with Vedic astrology, they'll still like, oh, I want to know my dasha, <laughs> which kind of is not really possible to just take that out of the rest is it really goes with it. But uh, that is your planetary time period. Everyone is in their own planetary time period of several years right now. So there's a whole energetic theme that started on a certain date. It'll end on a certain date. And that's like a chapter of your life. 
that it just helps everything make so much more sense. And probably one of the biggest reasons I got so into this is because I went through a really rough time and major losses and setbacks. And that was exactly the time I entered the Saturn Dasha. It was a major shift in my life, total change of tone. And it didn't make sense. Like, why was this happening? It felt so difficult. And Saturn brings challenges like that. In particular, in my chart, because of how Saturn is placed, that came out even more so. And my astrology teacher, astrology teacher taught me that and helped me see, okay, well, this date, this happened, and there's, you're in this time period, and here's how you can work with it, and here's what it means, and this is going to affect you as a teacher in this way. And you may be drawn to these kind of practices and these kind of teachings, and this can come through in your teaching because you can speak with authority about this topic as a teacher. So there is so much depth to it. I can't really go into it all today in this episode, but to know like this is what it is. This is an opportunity, something you can branch out into your teaching and and another tool to develop. And I'm documenting every week of the the transits over at the Quiet Mind Astrology podcast. Oh, you can subscribe wherever you're listening to your podcast, Quiet Mind Astrology, just search that. And I have the weekly, monthly, and annual horoscopes there. So you can understand the energies that are going on. You can get your free birth chart on my site over there. So you can see how this stuff is affecting you personally. And then it's it's a long study. It's not an easy study. Just like yoga, it's really a lifelong study and something you might just want to do as a hobby or just for fun. But if you want to go into actually making it part of your being and your living and even a career and sharing this with others, that is potential too. And just know it does take time. Like it's something that you can't just master overnight. And I'd be very skeptical of anyone who said you could. Uh, they even say in some of the old texts, it takes nine lifetimes to master Vedic astrology. So we've got plenty of time. And if you just learn a little bit every day, that will go a long way. And that was my approach many years ago. If I could just learn one little thing today, I know I'm making progress and it'll make more sense of this. And I never would have guessed I'd end up having a podcast about it because it seems so immense and so vast, but the confidence grows and grows and your ability to use these things really grows. And that's what I share on that podcast, how to apply these things. And then you as a teacher, in your teachings, you can know the nakshatra of the day, you can learn the horror of the day and teach to that in your classes, but also know the big picture patterns playing out and know that each person you're meeting is an incredibly complex, unique individual that cannot be distilled into 12 boxes. They have so much more to offer the world than that. There's so much more going on internally and so much more going on in their personal lives, their career, and all these aspects of themselves that we as yoga teachers and practitioners are transmitting the state of yoga. My teacher would say yoga is caught, not taught. And we are connecting to those universal divine energies and understanding them in ourselves so we can embody that and show up as a presence of that and share that with others so they can have their own experience of that. And yoga is this special, magical place, this time of the day, of the week, where people come together to connect to source energy, connect to their higher selves, their true self, whatever you want to call it. It's something beyond just the physical everyday activities, which Ayurveda is so helpful for addressing all that. And and astrology, Vedic astrology, Jyotish, is so so helpful for understanding and seeing these energetic patterns beyond the physical and then the yoga asana the meditation pranayama is sort of the bridge between the two between the physical everyday activity to the universal divine spiritual experience that we all can aspire to and attain in this lifetime so astrology gives us massive 
tools and resources and understanding of how those energies play out, how energy works, how to work with it and not work against it, and that everything can be positive, negative, or neutral, just like the atoms in everybody, every cell of your body. There's a proton, electron, and neutron. And so there's always this positive and negative charge and then a neutral expression between that within all of us at all times. And all the planetary energies show how those can be activated and addressed. And then yoga gives us a tool to activate and address those things moment to moment, day to day, in being in the present moment as part of this massive pattern, this, this flow of energy, these cycles of time that are unfolding around us. So hopefully that gives you some perspective. And again, if you want to go into all the details, okay, well, what are the planets? What are the signs, the nakshatras? What, what even is a nakshatra? Well, it's a, it's a vision of the sky. There's 27 of those. It's more specific than the signs and incredibly detailed. There's whole mythologies behind them. It's really cool stuff. So there's a nakshatra every day. There's two usually. Uh, the moon goes through two nakshatras every day and there's a big planetary shift in energy uh, in our own daily moods and energies that happens so lots of tools and resources i'll be going into that in the vedic astrology 101 course you can sign up for the waitlist right now at quietmindastrology.com and yes that's going to be all about the astrology stuff as its own thing i'm not going to be talking about yoga teaching there or yoga very much that's just the astrology so if this is one of the branches, the, the 10 core competencies that you want to learn about this year, right? I call it the Vedic sciences is one of the 10 core competencies, which includes Ayurveda and Vedic astrology. Then this is the place to really get the foundation of it. The thing that I wish existed when I was looking for this stuff years ago and just kept ending up back at the Western astrology websites because that was all I could find and the Western astrology books because that's all I could really comprehend. Uh, but now I creating this resource for you to learn the essentials so you can move in this direction of applying it to your life. Because it's so incredibly powerful. It was life-changing for me. And for years, I just walked around thinking about things that my astrologer said to me and seeing how they were playing out and just bewildered and amazed by how accurate and helpful it can be. And I want to share that experience with you. And if that's something that you're looking for, check out quietmindastrology.com, sign up for the waitlist, and that will be posted quite soon. So you'll be the first to know when the enrollment opens and there will be a special discount for the people who enroll early. It'll be a live workshop. There'll be some recorded stuff as well. So quietmindastrology.com is where you can find all that. And you can subscribe to my astrology podcast. That's so a whole other realm of studies in the Vedic sciences beyond yoga and Ayurveda. If you want to learn about that, follow that podcast. And I look forward to sharing more with you next time on this podcast. And thank you for listening. And I'll talk to you soon.